Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we are here with our final rider interview of the Cyclocross season. We are speaking with a new world champion under 19 in the women's category, Zoe Buckstedt. She's also the world champion on the road and won a lot of European titles on the track as well. A real multi-talent that we are speaking with today. Zoe, thank you for making time to speak with us and welcome on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I can't imagine that there are many people who don't know you, but could you still shortly introduce yourself? I'm Zoe Bagsted, I'm 17 years old, I ride for Tom Zakog and I'm junior road race and cyclocross world champ. We'll be asking a couple of snap questions. Last year we spoke with you, back then you said, well, I have a favourite course, back then it was Tabor, but you at the same time said, I haven't been able to race at a lot of courses. This year, you were able to race at plenty of those courses. Is Tabor still your favourite or is there a new one? Um, I mean, yeah, Tabor is still one of my favourite courses. It's where I won my first World Cup. It's where I won my first World Cup this year as well. Um, but I actually really, really enjoyed the course at European Champs this year. So that's definitely up there in one of my favourites. But I say this a lot, but I haven't. I don't have a favourite, favourite course. I just have favourite parts of different courses. So if I could put it all together, then... I would probably have a favourite course. <laughs> well, that's then just the course. But this year, for part of the season, it was also racing with fans. Which of the races that you raced had the best atmosphere? <laughs> probably, actually, probably Worlds in America. That was insane. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I didn't really think I was there was going to be loads of fans there and everything like that, but there wasn't a single point on the course where I couldn't hear someone shouting my name or shouting something to me. And it really, it really pushed me on, especially up the climb. So I think America was probably the best one for fans. You are one of the few riders who actually combines all disciplines, cyclocross, mountain bike, road and track. Which out of those is your preferred one at the moment? Cyclocross, for sure. 100%. <laughs> And if you would then need to choose between winning Paris-Roubaix on the road or becoming world champion cyclocross in the elite category, what would you choose? Oh, that's so mean. That's such... Oh. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I could choose that one because they both mean just as much to me. Being winning Roubaix like my dad did and winning elite world. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I can't answer it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's, let's then just aim for both and then exactly. you don't need to make the decision. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a bit of an easier question then. I mean, it's not only cycling, there's also other sports and currently the Winter Olympics are going on. What is your favorite sport at the Winter Olympics? Oh, I've not really watched much of it. Well, I've, I've watched a lot, but um, I couldn't pick one because I don't really know the names of them. But there's a lot of stuff to do with snowboarding that I like the look of. And I was saying to dad this morning, I was like, I really wish I lived in a country that had snow so that I could learn to snowboard and do that. So, yeah, basically anything that's on at the moment with snowboarding, I quite like the look of. <laughs> Definitely interesting. Maybe when you're not watching sports and you watch Netflix, what is your favorite series to watch? A tip for us, maybe? Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, 100%. I've watched it like five times through. <laughs> And then a last one. Is there any secret hobby you have that we don't know of? Secret hobby? Um, um, no. If I'm honest. Nothing. I really quite enjoy tennis, but I don't really play it much because I'm usually riding or sleeping or eating. So 
I don't really have time for much else, but yeah, that's it. Well, let's go and talk about the thing that you do the most then, riding your bike. Last year we spoke, as said, then you were talking about the World Championships in Ostend, that it was a goal of yours to try and aim for the world title, but that you would be happy with a medal. Those got cancelled. Since then you had a successful road and track season and also a successful cyclocross season. This year you could finally achieve that goal of becoming world champion, but you had COVID just before the world championships. Was that something that made you doubt for a while how you would be able to do at the world championships? Um, I mean, for sure. I think there was just towards the end of when I had COVID, I had two weeks where I was able to train. And that first week I was just doing some big hours, not many intervals, just trying to get back on the bike and just making sure that my heart rate stayed okay and everything like that so that I wasn't, I wasn't going to affect my body in the long run. Um, but when I initially got it, I was like, first of all, nationals can't race that. I was really upset about that. And then the world cup. And then I knew I could get back on the bike in time for worlds, but it was whether my form would be as good as I was expecting it to be for worlds. But I think I did some good training. I had some good, some good prep from my coach. So, I mean, yeah, my form could have been better going into it, but it is what it is. So, yeah. Still then, you were able to win that race. But judging by what you just said, it was something that I guess then based on the form that you had during the season, it was something that you knew would be possible, but it was still a bit of a unknown because you couldn't really see where you stood or did that weekend before in Hama already give yourself enough confidence to think, well, I, I feel it's just about good enough. Um, I mean, all season I'd been focusing on Worlds, knew I could win it if if I was on the right day with my legs. Um, and then COVID. And then I came in, I came into Hammer. I was like, there's no expectation. I just go see how I am. And I rode as hard as I could. And I did all right. I probably could have been one, two positions higher. Um, but considering it was my first, my first proper intervals back, um, it was quite a savage one to come into. So it gave me a fair bit of confidence. And I knew that if I had a bit more training in my legs um, when I was in America, then I would be fine, fine at the world. So, yeah. And then those world championships themselves, they were in the States. You already said that the atmosphere there at the race was amazing. But how was it for you to make the trip there so far away from home and just the entire experience there before the race? Um, I mean, it was absolutely such a cool experience. I'd been... I've been like think about it the whole like the weeks before and I was just getting ready to be out there and be racing in a different country and I was traveling out with my team so I knew that was going to be fun and with the Swedish girl from the team as well and everything like that and I get along with her so well so just the whole trip ended up being 10 times better because I was with people I enjoyed being with and everything was just so much fun and I rode the course the day before and that was absolutely awesome i did some long rides i got chased by a dog on a long ride that was that was entertaining but a bit of a, a mid-ride sprint that i didn't need but <laughs> it worked out okay but yeah um i mean the flight was the flight was long but it is what it is you, everyone's got to do it so yeah you just mentioned the course did you like the course and did you think that it would suit you it was weird because it was really really dry but also not at the same time like I went out in the morning of the race and it was completely frozen on the ground 
and I felt more confident when it was frozen there than when it was slightly muddier because the main descent um it was it was really quite slippery on top so you had to take it quite carefully and it was I mean even if it is dry on that course it's better to take the descent a little bit slower and not crash and anything like that um but yeah I enjoyed it if I'm honest the climb was yeah I mean the climb was the climb it was absolutely savage and um it suited me it suited me really well it wasn't too technical it wasn't mm, like too road racy and there was enough of everything enough power sections enough of literally everything for me to be able to to put my power down and go for the win did it remind you of any of the races that you'd done earlier in the season a little bit like tabor because it's got a fair few longer um flat sections let's say um and the climb the two little climbs um and stairs but other than that it was quite a unique course so there wasn't too much that could relate to any of the other courses that i've done it was definitely a unique course and a unique race because it was just the second world championship for junior women then you were eventually able to take the win there i think i already said that 20 times but <laughs> how take us through the race how was it for you how did you what were you thinking during the race? How were you keeping your focus? So I had a fairly good start, um, and I went into I went into the first first corners like the U turns just after the start, and I was in second. I was like, perfect, this is great. Don't need to be at the front right from the start. So um, went down the descent, and I looked behind me just as we got to the right hand corner on the climb. Now I'd had in my head before. I was like. If it's right, if my legs feel right, the climb is the perfect place to attack. And I'm going to go hard up at first lap just to see what happens, see how many people I can hit and everything like that. And I looked behind me, I had the other British girl, Ella McLean Howell, on my wheel. And then there was a gap, a slight gap to five other riders or something. And I knew that that was the moment where I had to go. And just as the, that group caught on, I went. And they'd already had to put an acceleration in to get on my wheel or to get onto the group. And then I went. So... I was surprised by the gap I had by the top of the climb, but I knew as well that if I get to the top of the climb and keep pushing it over and through the pits, then um, I'll get a little bit more because most people get to the top and back off slightly so that they're not, they're not like overworking themselves. And yeah, it, the rest of it was just keep pushing as hard as I can and try not to crash, try not to make any silly mistakes from stressing about everything. Um, but yeah, I had five or six different people from the national team from tournaments out on course telling me time gaps telling me x y and z um so that really really helped me and then everyone on the climb just screaming my name just after the stairs screaming my name and i mean i was riding around i had a bit of a smile on my face um <laughs> even if it was a bit of a grimace at the same time um but yeah and i think it took me to the last half a lap when i saw everyone in the pits um to realize that I could actually do this and yeah my goal would come true before the race we spoke with a couple of junior women your opponents one of them ava holmgren she said it would be a shame to see zoe miss out on the world title that she deserved because of a covid infection before but at the same time she was wondering how do you keep yourself focused and dedicated with that one goal winning how do you keep yourself sharp when you know throughout the entire season that you've only been beaten once and that was way in the beginning of the season in terms of 
junior woman beating you? How do you do that? How do you keep your focus despite sometimes being so far ahead of the rest? I mean, it's hard. In in junior races, you, I treat it like a time trial, but with other people in the race, if that makes sense. So like in Czech Republic, I had Benfeld on my wheel for a bit and I was like, I was struggling to get rid of her. And then I knew that as soon as I hit the road section, that was where I was stronger. And she knew that that was where I was stronger as well. And I just put an attack in there and I used different parts each race to, to my advantage and try and do that. But staying motivated for the whole season, I mean, I just have to have fun. I say this a lot. If I'm having fun, I do well. I, I, I don't really know what to say. Like I just go out on each race and have fun. And when I'm with people I enjoy being with and I ride and train with people I enjoy riding with and everything like that, then my motivation stays high throughout the whole season. And I'm, I'm just out there enjoying it. And that's what keeps me going. I mean, fun is always an important driving factor. Without fun, you can't encourage yourself to ride your bike that often and everything comes and stands with fun. And I guess it's also important to have competition that that's part of the fun is that also why you decided for some of the x2o races which were one of the few races to have junior women races to race those in the elite category yeah 100 percent. i mean i knew even if i raced the junior ones i would have i would have a good battle because not all of the courses suit me but it's in the elite races getting the start from second or third row um battling into the first corners and then knowing where and when to put the pressure on and everything like that and having people coming past you going past people battling constantly with with other riders and um it's really really helped me develop this whole season racing with the elites as much as i love racing with the juniors it's really good for me to get those elite races done as well because i i mean i can see it in myself over the cross season i've gotten better this year just from racing with all all of the pros and following some lines from other riders and everything like that so yeah it was not just only racing with the pros this season. You already started with a podium early on in the season against the pros in Maldegem. Then you won two UCI crosses in Sweden. And then eventually what the Belgians care about, you won a race in their home country that was on TV. And that was Essen. Was that really one of the highlights of your season? A hundred percent. I mean, Essen was, it was, a, it was a crazy course. I'd say it was 80% running and I knew I did a lot of cross country in school when I was a bit younger um, and I knew my running was, it was, it was all right. It was okay. Um, and I just went out there and it was super muddy and super boggy. And on the start line, I was having a good chat with other riders and rolling around warming up. I was having good chats with people and I had fun and I did well. So um, yeah, it was probably one of the biggest highlights of my season. You said that you've made progression and I mean, one that shows in your results, but more important, what do you feel yourself that you've made the most progression in? Was it just pure power or do you feel that your technique has also massively improved? Yeah, my technique, 100%. I started the season and in my head for a while, I've had that I've not very, I'm not very good at cornering and technical work and everything like that. Um, but I've seen it. In training, in racing, other people have said it to my dad, to, to Heart Wellens and everything like that, that my technical work has improved so much. Um, and it's nice to hear because I've lot, put a lot of work into it. I've been training with um, some of the under 23 boys from Arcog Tormans, um, just trying to follow them, doing starts with them and everything like that as well. So I'd say my start has improved, my technique has improved, and it's just made me a good rider now. 
And now last weekend you raced in Lille. That was the race that you did in the World Championships jersey or the World Champion jersey. Is that was that your last race of the cyclocross season? Uh, no, it's not. I do the rest of the races, four more races until I'm done now. Um, but yeah, that was the last one in that last and only one in World Stripes because there's no more junior races now. So a bit sad, but it is what it is. And for the remainder of the cross season, do you have any goals for yourself left? Absolutely none. Just go out there, have fun, and what happens, happens. If I have a good result, I have a good result, great. If I don't, then I don't, and it's not the end of the world. I'm just there to to ride and to see spectators and have fun racing, so that's all there is. And then after the cross season, you go onto the road where you will be allowed to race in your rainbow jersey. Do you already have an idea what the road season will look like for you? I have a bit of an idea, um, but it's not 100% complete yet. I think my first race is Ghent Welvergem, and then after that, I've got a couple of British races. I come back out. Um, I do a bit more racing out in Belgium, out in Netherlands. I race with the national team. <laughs> I go up to Sweden as well, and I'll do a stage race up there, which I do pretty much every year that it's been on. Um, so, yeah. Just racing anywhere and everywhere, basically. Last year when we spoke, you were mainly happy about your performances in cyclocross and were surprised by how good you were doing. You were still unsure about your level in the international field on the road and also were a bit hesitant on saying if it would be possible to combine multiple disciplines because you didn't know where you would stand and how your body would react to that. One year further, by claiming the world title, it's fair to say you have proven that you are certainly capable of being at the front of the international field, to say the least. Now, a year later, how do you think that that same question is to be answered? Do you think that it's possible to combine multiple disciplines? Or would you say that for now you still need to find out what works best for you and how your body reacts the best? Yeah, I'd say that it's definitely possible now, but... Still, my my main focus is on the cyclocross, but it's really important to do road racing and to do some stage races and everything like that because um, you can see in Sheeran Van Anroy that her endurance in the cross racing has improved so much from um, being with Trek on the road and doing some stage racing there. So I think for sure it's good for me to get some, some road racing done, some stage races, um, because it helps me in the cross season and that's what matters most. Yeah, and of course, Shirin van Anrooy is one of them, but we've also seen, I mean, the world champion in the women's elite category is the greatest of all time on road and cross, Marianne Vos, but the runner-up Brandt also has a long history of racing on the road, did well this season as well, so if you ask me, the combination is really the way to go into the future. However, you don't only combine it with road, you did a couple of mountain bike races, but I mainly saw you race on the track. Is that something that you will also continue? As of basically last week, I said that I'm not going to do track anymore, mainly because I want to focus on first year in the 23 cross season and then next year on the road as well. Um, 2023 on the road, so my first year in the 23 there. Um, and if I do track this year, I don't really get any time to develop myself and go on training camp and just make sure that I'm in full form for the cross season. I think I basically had two months where I was just racing every other week almost. So we've taken the track out and yeah, it's a shame I'm not doing it, but it's not, it's not what I want to do. It's not where my heart is. So 
it's it's not worth it and then at the end we come back to what do you enjoy most what do you have the most fun in and then if we come to cross and road i guess that's the way to go for the road season your goal there is that then going to be to defend your world title um my main goal for road season is to win the tt world champs if the road race comes as well then the road race comes but the main one is the one that I don't have, and that's the time trial. And I'd say the course in Australia, it suits me more than it did in uh, in Belgium this year. So we'll see how it is, but we've got to get to that part first. Well, and then after the road season, we quickly come to the cross season again. It will be your first year as under 23. I mean, we think that we are going to see a new head of the under 23 category because based on the insane level that Peter Stefan and Roy and Van Empel have reached this year, it's just a matter of time before they will step up to the elite category. When you come into that under 23 category, and let's just for the sake of argument, say that these three riders move out. What do you see possible for yourself in terms of placements? Do you think that a podium in most under-23 World Cups could be possible? Or well, at least in the separate result then? Or do you think that maybe as it's a first year, we should be a bit more cautious and not immediately expect wonders and victories all over? I mean, I'll go into the season not really expecting anything because, as you say, it's my first year in the 23. Um, and I, I don't really know where I'll be because I've had a whole season of road racing and training and in my legs by then. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go into it with no expectation. But I really hope that in maybe Euros and Worlds and definitely some of the World Cups that I'll be up there at least on the under-23 podium. But I'm, I'll definitely be fighting to try and get on the elite, but like on the overall podium. So we'll see how the season goes. At the end, it's still pretty far away, and maybe Van Empel, Van Anderoy, or Peterson will surprise us and stay in the under-23 category. We never know. I do think that if they move out, that there is definitely going to be some potential, because I think these three riders are very talented, but the riders that come behind that are also very talented, and because of the talent that the three Dutch women have a bit overlooked, because I think, for instance, your good friend Marie Schreiber... I think she is a very good talent, very great in on the technical sections as well. And not much attention goes out to that. So I think that those riders will then move more towards the front picture as talented riders to keep an eye on out because the level is just increasingly strong. And I wonder if you maybe have thoughts behind that. How come that the level is increasing so quickly? Do you think that that maybe has to do with the fact that there is now some sort of junior women's and especially in some sort of under-23 circuit? I'm not really too sure if I'm honest. I mean, I think that it's definitely coming from having raced junior and then stepping up to the elite because normally a first junior 23, you see a lot of riders... They don't struggle, but they're not as quick on the pace as you kind of think an under-23 rider would be. But as you progress, like the second and third year in under-23, then you really see the riders come through. And it's all from having done road hours, racing with the elites, training with the elites, just making, like riding like a pro rider, you know. So everything is focused on the cyclocross and everything, all of your energy goes into that. So I think... I think that's definitely where where the level is. But yeah, I mean, below the top three Dutch, there's still definitely some very good riders, the French riders, Marie as well, and 
some Italians and everything like that. So I think it's going to be it's going to be a good a good season for me next year. But I definitely will be battling up there. I hope. <laughs> I think the level, as said, is just become increasingly high, and that's also down due to technical improvements. You've said yourself that you feel that the Tormont's team has also made you improve your technique this year and that you're very happy with that of course we're not going to ask about the transfer rumors because we already know that there won't be a comment on that but going into the future it's not a secret that there are teams that are interested in you and that there are plenty of sources that say that you are going to leave the Tormans team especially considering the fiasco around the team now but what type of team will you be looking for to ride for next year or and in the future? Um, yeah, for sure. I want to find I want to find a team that will let me do cross how I want to do cross and as many cross races that I want to do and um, let me plan my road season around the cross season basically. But I still I still want to be racing on the road because I really enjoy it as well. But yeah, at the moment I'm just looking for a team that will support me on road and cross and let me do what I do and again I say it again have fun when I'm doing it so as long as I'm having fun that's all that matters at the end of the day we'll find out more about what comes on your path when everything is secured and I mean we do know about the rumors but we'll stick with that for the road season a final question you already said TT World Championships are your big goal but that does mean that you won't be able to focus fully on the World Cup as there is a bit of an overlap of the Cyclocross World Cup and the Road World Championships. Do you then think that that's maybe something for later years to try and aim for the Under-23 or Elite World Cup victory? Um, yeah, I think for this season it's not going to be realistic because obviously Road Worlds are in Australia and then I have a bit of jet lag coming back. So I think maybe this year I go, this coming cross season, I go for a different overall standings. But I think as well at the moment with having, I think it's 16 rounds in the World Cup, it's almost too much for, for me to aim for all of them. So maybe my second year in the 23, I aim for that, but we'll have to see when it comes. Yeah, they will be reduced to 14 this year and then maybe still interesting. There's going to be one in the UK, in London. I guess you must be very excited about that. Um, I mean, yeah, at the moment I can't really... Oh, well, I, I know where it's going to be, but it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting cross race, I think. It's going to be like... It's going to be completely different to what you'd imagine, I think. But I'm really looking forward to it. It's home race, so yeah. Yeah, for now, the organizers are aiming to secure the venue of the Crystal Palace Park, where the World Championship Cyclocross were also held way back in the day. Definitely looking forward to that one and to see the Brits race there. Hopefully, we will be able to make the trip there, and then we are definitely going to cheer for you. First of all, thank you for wanting to speak with us, and good luck in the rest of the season. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks again for wanting to speak with us. We really appreciate it. We will be back this weekend with the final races of the cross season. One podcast for the Ethios Cross in St. Niklaas and the Sluitingsprijs in Oostmalle. Hopefully you guys will all tune in again then and enjoy the final weekend of racing of the season. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.